The La Crosse Public Library Archives presents Dark Lacrosse Stories, a series in collaboration with the La Crosse Tribune. Dark Lacrosse is a suite of programs that feature the seedier side of lacrosse history and also include a downtown walking tour, a trolley tour, and an annual stage production with new content each year. It is frightening when an individual loses sense of their higher self and succumbs to malice and violence, but when that sense is lost collectively as a community, it is utterly terrifying. 4th Street and the downtown area was full of bustling people on the evening of Thursday, October 16, 1884. Summer was slow letting go that year. The evening was warm and pleasant. A parade was being organized in support of Republican presidential candidate James G. Blaine and his running mate, John A. Logan. Political clubs from all over the city were meeting on 4th Street to begin the rally. Head of the 5th Ward Blaine and Logan Club was an up-and-comer in the city named Frank Burton. Burton was organizing marchers at their rendezvous point, standing in Main Street not too far from the corner of 4th and Main. Without warning, a man crossed the street toward Burton, pointed a revolver at him, and started shooting. After five shots, the man threw the revolver at Burton, pulled out a second revolver, and emptied it into Burton as well. He walked up and kicked Burton in the street, saying something like, He knows what I shot him for. Burton lay bleeding in the street, and it was there he died. An onlooker grabbed the shooter and held him until law enforcement could arrive. Several police and sheriff's department officers were policing the parade, some participating, and in any event, the jail was only about two blocks away, where the Bell Square development is today. Two officers hustled the shooter down the street and into a basement cell of the jail. People wanted to get poor Frank Burton's bloodied body out of the street. He was carried down the block to T.H. Spence's drugstore on the northwest corner of 3rd and Main Streets, the current site of the Verve Credit Union parking lot. Doctors found evidence of 10 bullets passing into or through Burton's body, the full capacity of the two Smith & Wesson revolvers the shooter had used. They said Burton was most likely dead after the second shot. Later that night, Burton's body was moved from the drugstore to his home on Cass Street. An evening that had started with political celebration now turned ugly. No one doubted that the man in custody and locked in the county jail was the shooter of Frank Burton. Over the next couple hours, people congregated in the park-like area outside the jail and courthouse. An angry crowd began to demand that the shooter be turned over to them. The sheriff, along with a few deputies and city police officers, stood in their way. The mob pushed the lawmen to the doors of the jail. I had only been on the force for about nine months. I didn't know what to do, and by the looks of my superiors' faces, they didn't either. We couldn't shoot on the crowd. There was too many of them, and they just kept coming. Around 10 o'clock, we heard the 4th Street door give way. It was an armored door, but it was no match for an angry crowd with a wooden beam. Twice we were able to push the crowd out of the offices, but the third time they came, we couldn't stop them. They used steel chisels to get in the cell, and the mob hauled the prisoner out. We had lost him. Holding back the deputies and other officers, the mob hauled him out, hands tied. Some in the crowd wanted the man to speak, to explain his actions. Others were growing worried that the National Guard would be called out to disperse them. They found a rope, put it around the shooter's neck, and began hauling him up into a tree. While it is likely the mob was made up mostly of angry men, women and children were witnesses to the vigilante violence as well. I was there that night with my daughter. 
She was around 12 at the time. We saw the crowd string the rope around the man's neck and hang him in the tree. It, it was horrifying. I will never forget his face. He had such a look of terror. I tried to get my daughter to look away and get her out of there, but I couldn't. It was all happening so fast. This story will be continued in the next episode. And now I'd like to welcome in Anita Taylor-Doring, Senior Archivist and Archives Department Manager at the La Crosse Public Library, to share more information about this story. The site of the lynching of Scotty Mitchell occurred on the old Courthouse Square, now the home of a multi-use building called Bell Square, which opened in 2016. Before this, many folks remember the site as Lot C, a parking lot, but the location has a history as old as the founding of La Crosse itself. In 1850, the entire state of Wisconsin contained only three counties, all covering about one-third of the size of the state. When La Crosse County was carved out of the former Crawford County in 1851, leaders had to decide where to locate the county seat and erect a public county courthouse within one year of its charter. The site chosen for La Crosse County was the town of La Crosse, still five years away from incorporation as a city. A two-story frame building, measuring 26 by 36 feet, was quickly constructed. The first floor held all the county offices, while the second floor served as a courtroom. This upper floor also was the site of many public gatherings of the fledgling town. Having served its purpose for a frontier town, the building was eventually sold and moved off the block, repurposed into a hotel and boarding house. On the same location, but more in the center of the public square, a much grander courthouse was completed in 1867. Constructed of limestone, the structure commanded much more attention than the first courthouse. The construction and furnishings cost less than $40,000. By the beginning of the 20th century, the lumber industry had dried up in La Crosse. The reform era had hit, and La Crosse needed to reinvent itself. Many people felt that the courthouse was inadequate. Again sited on the same courthouse square, the third county courthouse building sported murals, marble floors, and other decoration draped in symbolism of justice and freedom, designed and painted by the Odin Oyen Firm, a successful decorating business in La Crosse founded by a Norwegian immigrant. A victim of the urban renewal craze of the mid-1960s, the third county courthouse met its demise as demolition crews smashed into the dome of the rotunda. A new modern county courthouse was constructed a few blocks away at 400 North 4th Street. For the first time since La Crosse had become the county seat in 1851, the courthouse square site was no longer owned by the public. The land was sold to Montgomery Ward in 1965 for a new store along with a separate automotive center north of Vine Street. In 1986, following a national trend of declining sales, the store closed. By 1990, developer Warren Loveland Jr. owned the site, and in 1992, the county bought the block back. Despite the prime uh, downtown location, developers and city and county officials could not agree on what should become of the site. Eventually, the old wards building was bulldozed, and the site became a parking lot. Finally, in 2014, agreements were reached with the city, county, and developer Weber Holdings, LLC, for the 2.3-acre site. Associated Bank was the first tenant in the 255,000-square-foot Bell Square complex, quickly followed by others, including the Mayo Clinic Health System, Cowgill Dental, Riverside Corporate Wellness, and Shuby's Neighborhood Butcher. Thanks for listening.